This is Tommy Bowman, co-founding pastor of Mission Church in the suburbs of Chicago. And together we are answering this decade-long question of mine. What happens when attractional, communal, and missional church come together for movement? This is Redefining Church. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Redefining Church podcast. My name is Tommy Bowman, and I am your host. This is episode three, and if you've been with me for episode one, two, and now this one, I would say that it is getting pretty serious. Uh, but seriously, thank you for going on this journey with me. It means a ton to me. If you know a fellow leader, uh, specifically church leader, that could benefit from this conversation, from this content, please share on your various social medias, share the link. If you would rate and review, that would mean a lot for the spread of this podcast. It would mean a lot to me. So thank you very much. If you have comments or questions along the way, feel free to contact me on any of my social media. I'm pretty much at Tommy Bowman uh, anywhere. And uh, otherwise you can email me at Tommy at TommyBowman.com. Things are changing so quickly around us. My intent is that at the launch of this podcast, I will release on a Wednesday, sort of a three-pack. So the first three episodes, this one being the last. And then every Wednesday thereafter, on a weekly basis, I will release an episode. I plan to do this in seasons, at least eight episodes. Once again, all a plan and uh, with how things are changing. Uh, I'm pretty good at follow through and sticking to a plan, but that is my plan as of right now. Remember, we're asking this redefining church question. What happens when attractional, communal, and missional church come together for movement? What if we take these models of church that we know best and that we've engaged with throughout our lives, whether as an attender or as a leader, and what if we took the best parts of them, they didn't have to be mutually exclusive from one another, and we combine them for the sake of the end of equipping the people of our churches to fulfill the movement and mission of Jesus. Remember, this is such a critical time, in many ways, a gift we've been given, this shelter-in-place, not-allowed-to-gather season where we're able to ask some hard questions and take the opportunity to hit this reset button and declare, hey, we're not going back to this way. Maybe we're going to go back to these ways, but we have a chance to redefine our end game. Like, why do we exist as a church? Remember, we talked about this in episode one. Is, is it just have the means become the end, and we're just going to continue to do more and more things where the goal is just come on back for more, or just come on back for more, or are we going to redefine church in such a way where the end game is just totally redefined and looks more like what Jesus launched when he launched the movement that is his church, capital C Church. Some other questions too. I don't know if we'll, I don't know when I'll get to these in the podcast, but just kind of during this shelter in place season, my mind's been going crazy too. And I've been asking questions really that I've been asking for years with our team, but I'm getting more serious about them. Questions like, will we really do church every seven days? Is there a new rhythm to that? You know, I don't know the answer to that. Um, are the, is the length of time that teachers and preachers teach and preach, is it going to be shortened? Um, you know, I don't know, just some things I've been asking. I don't know if that's part of this Redefining Church conversation. Maybe it will be, uh, probably not, at least in the first season, but one day we may get to these questions. As a review, episode one, we talked about means or end, right? Are your ministries, strategies, a means to the end of movement, 
or have the means just become your end? Uh, last episode, we talked about, well, why does this happen? Why do the means become the end? Because of every pastor's best kept secret. We want to be needed, right? Is your church creating a church-dependent follower of Jesus or a spirit-dependent follower of Jesus? And today, I want to offer one of the most helpful metaphors for church that I've ever read or heard. Um, I credit this to J.D. Greer, pastor of Summit Church in North Carolina. Uh, He is the author of a book, Gaining by Losing. Highly recommend that book. But he compares how we do church to three types of ships. And in a lot of ways, these ships correspond quite well, actually, with the three models that we've been talking about in this podcast, attractional, communal, and missional. But I want to offer these ships as a metaphor. I'm going to expound upon them a little bit more uh, than he does, just because we there's this conversation and this metaphor is so much a part of our culture. We talk about it openly with our people. But don't forget, like as, as a review, these, you know, I'm, I'm kind of labeling these attractional, communal, and missional, like com- attractional as this come and see model communal or like this community-based church as come and be model, and then missional as this go and be model. And my big question is, can all three of those come together and equal and maximize a go and make kind of vision? Go and make, of course, those are the words of the Great Commission. So can we take all the parts of how we do church, bring them together, and it equal go and make? And we become churches who truly are helping make disciples who are then launched to help and go make more disciples at movement really in a nutshell. But remember, we're not abandoning the attractional and communal parts of church that we do really well. And then that are, that are effective, that are helping people find and follow Christ. So maybe you're taking the attractional things and you're just using them to be attractive to the world so that you can build your critical mass for movement. That's one of the very important things for movement is to have a critical mass And maybe you just shift the communal parts of your church to where that's no longer your end game. And the goal isn't just to provide them a place to belong, but you you put communities together on mission. But let me offer you these three types of ships. You can kind of make the call on what version of church you are. So the first uh, thing that J.D. Greer talks about is uh, a church as a cruise ship, okay? Not sure if you've ever been on a cruise, um, but I have. They are amazing. You don't probably want to be on a cruise right now. Well, you can't get on one, but you probably don't want to go on one in a while. For a while, the um, cruise industry is taking a massive hit, of course, during this season. But back in the good old days, I'll call it, cruises—they're uh, amazing. They have everything you could ever want at any moment. I mean, it could be like 3 a.m., and if you want like a steak, it's like you can get it in like two minutes, perfectly cooked. Um, I love cruises because, and this isn't really bragging because I had nothing to do with it, but I have a wonderful olive skin that my ancestors gave me. So they get all the credit, but cruises are great for people who enjoy sitting out in the sun, relaxing, tanning. It's, it's, it's anything you want, whenever you want it. The goal of a cruise ship is of course, for you to have a comfort experience. Similarly, a cruise ship kind of church has, you know, like, like I said, it, it just, the choices are endless. I mean, the menu of options and the options within the options, it's its unbelievable. A church that is the cruise ship model, um, and if I didn't say it up front, none of these are bad. They're just ways of doing it. Just trying to help you identify what yours might be. But if you are of the model of a cruise ship, 
you too would have a vast menu of options, probably for the users or the attenders of your church. You would have a men's ministry, a women's ministry, a singles ministry, a divorce ministry, financial stewardship ministries. Of course, you'd have small groups. Of course, you'd have Bible studies. And I could go on forever, but I won't. Uh, The intent, right, is we will be all things to all people with the hope of reaching all people, right? That's a good intent. Be all things to all people with the hope of reaching all people. I think that's somewhere in the Bible. The unintended consequences, however, are because you do everything, you are excellent at nothing. Okay, because you do everything, you're probably excellent at nothing. Also, because of all of your ministries are provided by you, the church, people who engage with the cruise ship kinds of churches know only how to look to you, the local church, to help them through anything and everything, right? So if a problem arises, they are trained to look through your menu of options to find the ministry that will meet their needs. Obviously, the problem there is what happens if the problem hits at Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. and there's no program at the moment or nothing to go to? What does the person do then? So mission, you know, we can tell when people visit from cruise ship churches because they don't ask, how can you help me live on mission, right? They don't ask that. They ask, when does your men's ministry meet? Or when does your women's ministry meet, right? Or, or when, when's your financial peace class? Now, mission is for all people, right? Everyone's welcome. And when we meet people from cruise ship churches who are clearly churched and Christian, we remind them we exist to help people find and follow Christ. And where we are going is a movement of Jesus in the 10, right? Our local context. And that how we get there is by gathering, growing, and going, not going to endless amounts of ministries and options on our vast menu, because you know we don't have them. So cruise ship, okay, first one, the, the goal there, a comfort experience. Second is battleship, okay? This idea, you know, battleship is, this is the idea of simple church. Um, that concept was made famous like a decade ago by Tom Rainer's book uh, titled Simple Church. Great book, really great book, um, very helpful. Simple Church is where mission and vision is made like clearer and thus the supporting strategies are simpler in order to align with that mission and vision. Uh, there's a feeling of like, we're all moving together. It's it's a unified direction and our strategy supports that direction. Typically, your engagement should lead you to being in a small group. However, this small group could be called a small group, life group, community group, C group, D group, cell group, connect group, home group, growth group, and other kinds of groups that I probably forgot. Um, and I'll do an episode, probably upcoming, probably in this season, um, in the first eight episodes on small groups and how they might actually be an unintended inhibitor to movement for your church. Some things we found, uh, we don't do small groups at mission church, more to come on that. Um, but back to this battleship type of church, right? People are grouped. Community is happening both in groups and on serving teams, right? This is like a very connected model of church. This is that come and be model of church. So how do you build community for people, right? You give them a relationship and a responsibility, right? And and I agree. I think that's true. I think that works. All good things. But this can't be the end of a person's mission. Um, these environments and experiences cannot become these perpetual holding tanks 
Um, there has to be something more. So with a battleship, the intent, which don't forget, intent is always good. I, I have never doubted that for a second. Um, like I said, I think in episode one, you know, at Mission Church, we've had a number of great intentions that have veered off with unintended consequences that we didn't realize even happened. Um, some coming at you from just a very uh, humble and grace-filled place. But the intent of Battleship Church is, right, we will have very clear and unified direction, and we will provide the user, the attender, with a relationship and a responsibility for you to join us on that direction. Okay, so great intention. The unintended consequences is people are still trained to wait for you to, you know, hit them up with the next round of, hey, we're loading small groups again, or now's the time to get on, you know, your serving team. And there's this perpetual cycle of, for me to stay with you guys in this unified, very clear direction, um, I'm just going to keep signing up and keep signing up and keep signing up. Now, what one thing I, I have seen and experienced, which is great, is people do have coaching and development um, opportunities within these arenas, right? There's leadership, and that's all good stuff. Apprenticeship, all good stuff, all good stuff. I think it's great. One of the other unintended consequences of Battleship Church is vision typically is almost always we-based. So like I say, if cruise ship is a comfort experience, Battleship would be a collective experience. It's all about unity. We're doing this together. We're going in, in this direction, which is just really good. Um, the unintended consequence of that is all of the vision is we-based, right? Like, we are going here, and we are headed here, and we are launching this. We is good, but where is the vision for you and for I? Where is the vision for where the mission of an individual will take them beyond the walls of your church, right? We're, we're living in this day and age because of the shelter in place, no gathering, where we're like, be the church, and the church is not a people, and the church is not a building. Well, you know, these two first models that I mentioned, they're the antithesis of that. They're very much a be dependent on what's going on within our programs and ministries. Not bad, just think insufficient. And once again, intent is good. Unintended consequences of these can be dangerous. And I will tell you, you know, Mission Church is just over eight years old. Most of our life as a church, we have operated as battleship. And there's been tons and tons and tons of fruit from this uh, type of church. Um, we are just over the last three years, because uh, you don't turn around a battleship very quickly, and you definitely can't transform one very quickly. And so over the last three years, we've been transitioning to this third type of ship model, this being the aircraft carrier church. Now, if comfort is the experience of a cruise ship. And if the experience on a battleship is collective, then the experience on an aircraft carrier is a commissioned experience. On an aircraft carrier, a user or a tender can pick up very quickly that the end game for them is to be launched to be the church, right? Take your mission as a church. Ours is helping people find and follow Christ an aircraft carrier model would say, hey, this is our mission, helping people find and follow Christ. And by the way, your end game as an attender is for you to go be launched and help people find and follow Christ. It's just taking your mission, 
laying it over their life and saying, hey, live that out, right? That's assuming your mission is some version of the Great Commission, which I'm sure it is. You know, some of my favorite commercials are the Captain Obvious commercials. And so I'm going to be Captain Obvious here for a second. But I asked in episode one, one of the questions was, you know, if Jesus came back today, would he be surprised with where his church ended up? If he used your church as his lens, would he be surprised? And I think of the three models, the aircraft carrier reflects most what Jesus launched, right? And think about his ministry. He used words of comfort, and he used this collective experience. And so he took this kind of cruise ship, um, the goal of a cruise ship, and the goal of a battleship, and he provided them. He provided words of comfort to his followers. He provided this, you know, collective experience too, in different size groups, as we know. You know, he had his 12, he had his 70, and he had the crowds. He dies, he resurrects, and notice that his words now are, you've got all you need. You've got who you need, and you've got what you need living inside of you. And so, his words weren't that of comforting, they were of commissioning, you know, Acts 1-8, you will be my witnesses. Like the spirit is in you, now go. And then of course the great commission, go and make disciples. So I'll leave you with a few questions as we end this episode. First, when you look at your church, what does your church represent? Are you guys a cruise ship? Comfort experience, all things to all people. Programs upon programs upon ministries upon ministries. Are you a battleship? where it's simple, it's unified, there's a direction, but most of the vision is a we-based thing, and there isn't an end game for the person to fulfill your mission as a church, for them to apply that mission to their life. Or are you an aircraft carrier, where you're not the only ones doing the ministering, you're doing some ministering as a church, but you're, you're equipping, and your end game is when someone walks in our doors, they know that their end game is to be launched as the church just not at the church. And if you desire to be that, what do you need to start doing as a church? What do you need to stop doing as a church? And what do you need to continue doing as a church? At the beginning of the episode, I left some of my different contact information. If you want to process some of these questions, I would love to talk to you. Church leaders are my people. So shoot me some questions. I've processed these questions for the last several years, so I can help you process too. I don't have your answers, but I've got some good follow-up questions to help you get to your answer. Don't forget, please share in your various social media channels. Share with that one church leader that you know that you think could really benefit from this conversation. Until next time, this is Redefining Church. (laughs) 